This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 296. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, joined today by producer-in-chief Matthew Marister. Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, that was your cue to say, hey, what's up, man? (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? Hey, I'm just thrilled to be on the podcast with you today. It'll be a good time. Yeah, I missed out last. I missed out last podcast uh, with Tim Grammons, but that was a really cool interview. And uh, yeah, I was I was doing my my grocery shopping at the time, so I, I didn't make it back to to help you out in that one. But awesome, awesome interview for sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, you know that his story, his whole story is just remarkable. It's really quite mind blowing because it on, on a variety of fronts, right? I mean, not not only the speed at which it happens the proximity i mean when he tells you and describes to you how he's in his vehicle right he just he's just rolled to a stop right behind this guy and uh the guy comes out and just starts shooting at him right right off the bat right and closes right up on him and the last shots being fired are through his side window like and he's just right there i mean he's literally dodging bullets uh, like an arm's length away crazy crazy stuff somehow he's not hit through all of that he he at some point gets some sh- like shrapnel or jacket or something in his shin it's just an amazing story and then you realize wait a minute he shot that guy s- like 17 times total and mm-hmm. uh that's what it took to finally bring it to a conclusion crazy. pretty crazy crazy uh yeah so yeah, go back to episode 295 if you missed it you're gonna want to check out this week's uh earlier version of the podcast uh actually as this is being recorded i don't quite have episode 295 published there's a couple little extra things i had to do editing wise in that i will get that done this afternoon uh certainly if you listen to the audio only uh edition of the podcast uh by the time you're listening to episode 296 episode 295 will will be published uh anyway so today's episode, we are talking about the best and worst of SHOT Show 2019. And uh, yeah, basically like the best products, the worst products, uh, and anything else we think of about SHOT Show 2019. It was a, it was a great show, and we had, a, we had a great showing ourselves as a company. We had a, a lot of our people out there, uh, biggest uh, effort we've ever put into going to the show, covering the show, uh, doing all kinds of business at the show. And it was, I would say it was a, a, a big success for us. So, Matthew was there for the first time. Yeah, pr- yeah, pretty cool. I'm glad you guys dragged me out there, and uh, I got to participate because it was definitely uh, worthwhile to be there. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to talking about. I got I, I got several great products that I wrote down here on a sticky note uh, that I'm looking forward to talking about. So it'll be fun, and uh, I know that you've got a, you got several yourself. So that's our topic today. Mm-hmm. Today's episode is made possible and brought to you by Guardian Nation. And specifically, I want to talk about two awesome benefits of Guardian Nation. Uh, first off, right now for a limited time, this is our this has already been in this is this has already been a benefit for Guardian Nation members. Uh, but the benefit just got better for a limited time. So we teamed up with Honor Defense, makers of the Honor Guard 9mm handguns 
which are similar to like a uh, Smith & Wesson shield in size and, and kind of feel a little bit. Uh, all American made, quality, uh, good people. They hire veterans, like veterans build their guns. And, uh, they, and, and they do a lot of stuff with and for veterans as well. Great company. Uh, Gary over there, Honor Defense, agreed to offer a substantial discount to members of Guardian Nation uh, to buy one of his guns, any of his guns. So that discount just got better. So right now, for a limited time only, you can get pick up a Honor Defense, Honor Guard, any 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 choice of their models. Uh, for the mo- I think I think it's any choice. Uh, actually, I know they have a few different models, uh, but uh, basically, you can pick one up for two hundred ninety nine dollars. That is a steal. Keep in mind, this is a small company in Georgia that makes these in house, and uh, three hundred bucks for an all American veteran made gun. That's crazy, yeah. right? Three hundred bucks if you're guarding if you're a guarding nation member. All right, saves you a lot. So, limited time deal. Uh, on that. And then another benefit I want to talk about is uh, the Facebook group that we have for Guardian Nation members. So we've got uh, a group that's been quite active now, actually, for a couple of months. We've got a couple hundred of you members in there uh, that are that are Guardian Nation members. You do, need to be, you do need to be a Guardian Nation member to be in our special GN members only Facebook group. It's a great group. Very helpful. There's no judgment there. There's no, there's not really even really any arguing or bickering or anything like that. It's just all about talking about guns, training, concealed carry, gear, uh, and being helpful to one another. Really, really, really great group. Uh, Matthew, you're, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, no, no, it's it's really cool because uh, a lot of you guys ask questions um, of each other, and you get, you know, not this, not to say that we don't have good information to pass on, but we're two people. Jacob's another one, three people. Um, but you know, a lot of you guys have good personal firsthand experiences carrying with X holster or carrying this gun or whatnot. So you can help each other out and say, you know, maybe I haven't used that holster or something like that. And you guys can say, yeah, you know what? I have that holster. This is what I found with it. Um, so you guys are, I, I like to see that kind of stuff because that's really how we all become better is by helping each other. And, and um, it's really cool. Everybody in there seems really, really good and um, respectful. So yep. it's good to see. For sure. For sure. Uh, folks, if you are a Guardian Nation member, uh, you can search for the Guardian Nation members Facebook group and ask to join. But folks, don't bother asking to join if you're not a member because we do vet that. Uh, we ask you for your email address and and check that with your Guardian Nation member account and before we allow you to gain access to the group. So that is a special group for members only. Sorry, that's just one of the benefits of being a Guardian Nation member. And just one of the many benefits, not only the Facebook uh, members only group, uh, the Honor Defense Honor Guard pistol, huge discount. There's also another one. We'll talk about Ammo Supply Warehouse, uh, who's uh, sponsoring this podcast today. And they have done a really remarkable thing to offer to our members 5% off of their already excellent priced ammunition in their store. AmmoSupplyWarehouse.com, great people, very fast shipping, excellent customer service, great choices of ammunition, good quality ammunition for some of the best prices you'll find. Uh, I've done quite a bit of price comparison. And yes, you will. F- so like what I usually get, Matthew, is, oh, I could find it for you know this this price per round. But most of the time people are comparing brass or 
uh, steel cased to brass cased. Uh, Animal mm-hmm. Supply Warehouse doesn't sell a lot of the really cheap crap. They they sell nice, affordable ammunition. I mean, very. I mean, this is not like it's cheaper than what you could buy off the shelf at Walmart. Okay. Right. And uh, but it's bra- most of what they have is brass case, so it's nice, clean, well functioning. Uh, you know. Uh, nine millimeter, for instance, or forty-five, or forty, or two twenty-three. They sell a lot of that stuff. Okay, so really, really good ammunition uh, for a very, very, very good price. I've checked a lot of different places, and they consistently, especially if you buy like a like two thousand rounds at a time. I know that seems like a lot to some people. But that's the way to do it if you're going to do it. It's a really good way to go. It's still reasonable to buy less uh, large amounts, but if you buy like two thousand rounds at a time, you get free shipping on some of their items, and uh, that that makes a big difference. So. Check them out. Yeah, and call just, up a couple of your buddies. I, that's what I always do. I call up a couple of my buddies and say, hey, do you want to go in on some ammo? We all throw in money and buy, you know, 4,000 rounds or something and divvy it up. So you can buy, you can get good discount and, and you know, help each other out. Yeah, for sure. I, I just, you know, I just buy, you know, once every couple, probably about once every other month, I'll, I'll probably do about, eh, Lately, not so much. I've not been shooting as much lately as I would like, Matthew. Like, what's up with that? Uh, but through the summer, yeah. I definitely go through a lot of ammo. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do easy a thousand to two thousand per month. Uh, sometimes on the nine millimeter sides of things. So, anyway, so give Ammo Supply Warehouse some love. Uh, head on over to the website. Uh, you can choose whether you're on the east side or west side of the Mississippi. That's going to determine which warehouse they ship from. That's one of the beautiful things about how they are able to ship so quickly uh, in most cases because there is a store on the east and a store on the west side of the country where they ship from. So chances are there's one that's close to you and it's going to get to you very quickly at a reasonable price. Excellent stuff. We appreciate Ammo Supply Warehouse and their support. So there you go. Let's get into it. Today's episode, we're talking about the best and worst of SHOT Show 2019. And uh, so let me just kind of give a little bit of uh, context for the, for what we experienced at SHOT Show this year. SHOT Show, of course, being kind of like basically a week-long event. It is especially for us. Uh, we have the advantage uh, as compared to some media companies. I mean, there's definitely quite a few that were there, but we, we've been lucky enough to get an invite every year for the last several years uh, to Sig Sauer's media day. Not only not only just a regular day, but like their VIP people are only there, which is pretty cool. Um, Got to give some serious props to our buddy Kyle Lamb for uh, helping us uh, with that uh, for the for, for the first year. And then every, every year since we've been getting the invite. Uh, the the SIG VIP Media Day is is a pretty awesome event. There's not that many people there. We get to spend a good amount of time with some of their guns. And this year, that's that's kind of how our week started for us. Then the next day, Monday of that week, was uh, industry industry day at the range. That's where a lot of the uh, companies that will be at the show uh, they are able to get a booth and a berm and set up at industry day. And folks can come and shoot their shoot their guns, shoot their ammo, whatever, right? Test things out. So industry industry day, I'm having a hard time talking today. Industry day is a great day. Um, and then the rest of the week is actually at the show itself. So if you never if you're not familiar with shot show, that's kind of how it goes. So what's cool about the show is that not only do we get to spend several days on the show floor checking things out, talking to people, you know, having nice interviews on things, uh, but we also get the opportunity typically to test 
most of the products that we're going to see on the show the rest of the week. Uh, so I, I would almost rather see it reversed sometimes, you know, as far as like go to the show, be on the show floor, check out things, and then be able to go to the range and shoot it. Uh, so it's kind of like backwards to me in that regard, but that's the way it is, and that's the way it's been for a long, long, long time. So um, not talking about products yet, Matthew, but what was like your favorite thing about SHOT Show this year? I think just um, just seeing all the effort that the companies go into to um, to market their th- their their gear and, and showcase like their new stuff. I thought it was it's it's interesting because in a, in the market now, you know, it, it the gun market is is taking a beating the last few years. Re, you know, honestly, and um, but there's still an ovation, and there's still companies that are. are trying to come out with new products and, 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 um, fill niches and, and things like that. So it's, it's cool to see that even in, in hard times that the gun industry, you know, companies are still chugging, a, chugging forward. And, and, um, so, you know, we're, we're not just going to be stuck just because it's a, it's a slow past couple of years, um, that we're going to be stuck with no innovation. There were a lot of cool brand new things that like, um, totally not earth shattering. Right. But like still innovative and, and, and really cool. So I, I like that especially. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for you, this is your first time ever attending shot show. Mm-hmm. So you definitely, uh, you know, you have kind of that, that newbie, you know, perspective. Like I know, I right. remember the first time I went to shot show, I was just sort of like almost like overwhelmed. Like I didn't actually, it was way uh, bigger and more impressive looking than what I had envisioned. You know, I'd been to some trade shows and stuff through the years. I used to go to the International Builder Show uh, back when I was a builder. Uh, and uh, that's a great show too, and, and huge and really impressive displays and everything. But Shaw's show, sometimes there's a, few, there's a few of those booths that are really, really over the top as far as what they do. A lot of marketing effort. I mean, when you realize that companies like Glock, uh, I use Glock as an example because they told us specifically. But when you when you realize that just their booth itself, like the 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 actual structure of the booth, I'm not talking about renting the space. I'm talking about the physical structure that's in that booth. And when you realize they that they spent now they're going to use it for several years, obviously, but they spent like two or three million dollars on this thing. It's crazy. You're like, what? Say what? <laughs> like, are you and serious? They had like some. And they had some like what do they call that that Van de Graaff generator? What what's that thing that creates the static electricity? Somebody out there has got to know that bowl bowl thing that you put your oh, hand yeah, on yeah, it yeah. creates static. whatever uh, that thing is called. They had must have had one hooked up because anytime <laughs> you walked on that carpet, it was like anything you touched, you were it, it was pretty intense, <laughs> pretty static. So whatever those, yeah. <laughs> someone's yep. got to know what that's called. Uh, if you know what that thing is called, I'll put you in for another. Double your entry or whatever it's called, Tesla coil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. man. Yeah, someone would know. So, um, it's a cool show, good show. Now, here'd be my 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 observation, uh, just kind of overall observation. And I'm actually going to kind of cheat here a little bit and use this as my worst of show. Um, I, I I'm struck, actually struggling to come up with a product that I would say that that product, you know, just like that was not the, and I don't really like to rag on companies either like that. We, we should make that clear, right? We say best and worst of show. Um, I'm usually pretty gracious about how I talk about products, including ones I don't really like, but, um, 
this year I was so focused. We, we, we had some pretty specific goals and things that we had to get accomplished, people, we, you know, appointments and, and whatnot, that there really wasn't a lot of time for me just to wander around and, be, and kind of stumble upon some things. Because when you do that, inevitably you do come across a few products. You're like, uh, I don't know about that. Um, so, but for me, worst of show was also kind of, I think maybe a good thing. But what I what I seem to notice is there was fewer people there than in years past. Now I actually think that was quite intentional. Uh, it, it is well known that that the NSSF, that is the National Shooting Sports Foundation, which is the the organization, and they're a great organization by the way, worthy of our support in the industry. They do a lot uh, for the shooting sports, and I mean, yeah, they are a manufacturer driven organization uh but uh they, they they do a lot of good in in our in the gun industry and in for the second amendment especially so uh the nssf has made it well known that they were cracking down on who was getting into the show requiring maybe in some cases a little bit more vetting uh, it's well known that you know in years past it, this is a trade a true trade show where only those that work in the industry are supposed to get into the show and by work in the industry if you're just a firearms instructor, that doesn't count. They mean like you work for a manufacturer, a supplier of product, uh, or you or your media. That would be like probably three of your big, or your actual dealer. That would be your four big, uh, probably categories of people you'll see there are exhibitors, manufacturers, you know, and suppliers, uh, buyers would be which would be like dealers, you know, FFL dealers and whatnot, and then media people. So. Anyway, um, so it it seemed like it was kind of down and like maybe a little bit less energy, but actually I think that was probably a good thing because I think what that means is that there were fewer people there that didn't really need to be there. I don't mean to be, like sound all snooty about this, right? Like this that's just the reality of how the show is, and this is a show where business is trying to be done. And so, if this show was more like the NRA show, where just about anybody can get into the show, uh, it would be a lot harder to get the business side of things done. And so, that, that's one thing you need to understand. Like sometimes, sometimes people will complain about, well, oh, like why are the You've got to be so restrictive as to who can get into the show. They do that because it is a show for doing business. Now, we're fortunate. We we get in on uh, media credentials. Uh, we're a media company. Uh, we you know do the podcast. We write stuff for our blog. We do videos that go on our YouTube channel. You should go check all that out, by the way. So make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. Go to, you know, find Concealed Carry dot com d-o-t-c-o-m concealedcarry.com and that is uh, that is our youtube channel all right so go check that out and uh, of course you can see some of our coverage as well on our concealedcarry.com main page with our news articles and whatnot as well and of course now we're here talking about things in the podcast and we've had a couple of episodes already and i still have a few more coming of interviews i did for the podcast with you know cool people interesting people at the show so it'll, it'll be good um, so that's kind of what I had to say as far as like kind of, I don't know if that's really fair, you know, cause I say worse of show, it just kind of felt like there was less energy, but I think it was because there was just less people. And then again, I think, well, maybe that was actually a 
good thing, at least for the companies that are there trying to do business. And also good for us. It's a little bit easier for us to talk to some people, uh, get in front of, you know, get some people in front of the camera with us, for instance, you know, to talk about a product because they're maybe not quite as busy being distracted by people that weren't there trying to either do media coverage or give them money for their product, right? So anyway, all right, Matthew, let's, uh, unless you have anything to add, kind of like worst of type categorical stuff, uh, what was your first favorite product that you saw at SHOT Show 2019? Favorite product? I had a couple that I wrote down. I'll start out with um, the Archon Type B, the handgun. Um, it's Archon Firearms, A-R-C-H-O-N. It's, it, it really intrigued me. Um, the way it's, if, if you guys haven't seen it, you go check out their, their, uh, webpage, but, or the, um, the video we did, the review video, not of the, of the gun itself, but at SHOT Show, um, really cool concept. I mean, it's not a tilting barrel. Um, so it's different. It, it the way it, you know, the, the barrel reciprocates kind of, or the, the slide still reciprocates, but it's kind of like a, it doesn't lock, um, up the barrel doesn't lock up like that. It kind of, uh, rotates, right. Like, uh, rotationally rather than up and down. So it's really kind of cool. like it a, kind of like a Beretta sort of, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, and so it was really cool, I, but outside of that, I liked the, the actual size and dimensions of it for, so for what, if I can explain it, it's, it's sort of like a 19 Glock 19 size in your hand thickness and weight wise and stuff but the slide is closer to a glock 22 or something like that where it's a little bit longer so i actually really liked the way it felt in my hand i didn't get to shoot it out on the range unfortunately but um i i I have a real good buddy who's been shooting his for quite a while now and he's put uh, i think he put it was 2400 rounds um through it and he had a malfunction. He didn't have any malfunctions up until the point where I was like, Hey, how do you like it? He's like, Hey, 24, well, 2400 rounds through. It's really good. And then the next day he sends me a picture and his sear had broken and he's, and I'm like, dude, I just jinxed you. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, he sent it into Archon and they replaced the gun. And from the time that he contacted them, it was five days before he had a replacement sear and everything. They fixed it up and everything. So, um, you know, they have a lifetime warranty on their guns, which is really cool. Um, if you end up using it as in a defensive situation and the police, you know, sees it uh, for evidence and you're without it for a long time and stuff, they will give you a new gun, um, which is pretty cool. So little th- yeah. things like that. I thought that, that the Archon Type B was, was something that I was wanting to check out and I wasn't disappointed by it. I dig. You know, and the one reason this wouldn't be like my favorite thing of show is because I had actually seen it before. Uh, so I was fortunate enough last year to see the type B and spend some time at the range actually shooting it. And I know, or did you actually get to shoot it? No, I didn't. Yeah. So I don't think we actually ever, so range day this, this year, folks, uh, if you weren't there, which many of you probably were not, was really not fun weather wise. (laughs) It was rather cold, uh, but it was really, especially windy, uh, which is, you know, not terribly unusual for that time of year in Las Vegas, but I've also had a lot nicer years uh, <laughs> for range day in Las Vegas. So, uh, yeah, it, so we didn't actually make it to a couple of the sorry, sort of further out booths or berms uh, 
kind of to the north side of the of the range there, uh, which I think is where the Type B would have been. Last year they were like the very first berm, and uh, last year we went all the way up to the that very first berm we just started working our way down and the problem is, is we thought we had a very methodical approach and and it's it just takes you forever to make it down through everything so this year we kind of had some uh, priorities that we chose to go and hit first and one of the very first things that we stopped by to check out was the glock 48 and 43x uh, and so actually I could, I could talk about that a little bit i didn't actually put it on my list of like best things of the show um but I think it arguably could be in that category to some degree. Now, the, the 48 and 43X had been announced for like a month or something. No, maybe not quite that long. It had been announced a little bit before the show. Uh, there were some, I think, actually already hitting stores before SHOT Show, uh, but not probably not very many. But this was, a, this was my ch- first chance to get my hands on the 40, 48 and 43X. And, of course, uh, these were both kind of variants uh, based around the 43 platform, as far as like the width, the slide, you know, the, 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 the form factor was basically a 43, but they made the grip, you know, actually quite a bit longer and also made a little bit wider too. The magazine's a little bit different in the 43X and the 48 than in the 43. You cannot use, the magazines are not interchangeable between the 43 and 43X, which I kind of think is a little bit odd to a degree. I mean, I understand why. I think probably what it is is that the 43 should have been the 43x from the from the beginning except maybe with a shorter grip or something you know what i mean like like the the width right. of the current 43x and 48 grip should have that's what it should have been when they came out the glock 43 now they didn't you know probably know or understand that uh you know several years ago i think the 43x and the 48 were both built to respond to market demands and uh, that's that's why it developed the way it did. I also think the 48 and 43X were a response somewhat to the P365 craze. Uh, people got really excited about the idea of a gun that's still very compact, but could hold more than six rounds or seven, you know, um, which is a legit thing. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a big, I, I like the P365 a lot. It's a it's a sweet gun and it's amazing what they managed to fit into that little gun. Now that said, the 43X and the 48 are not in the same class of gun in my opinion as the P365 because they are so much bigger. They really are. It's not even close. Even the P365 with the extended, you know, 12 round magazine in it is still substantially smaller and smaller feeling than the 43X. And the 43X barely, you know, doesn't even doesn't even hold as many rounds as the 12 round P365. <laughs> so, you know, I could almost put that in sort of the lesser awesome category of things at the show. Now, to be fair, the 43X and 48 are solid guns, and I enjoyed shooting them just fine. In fact, I really liked the 48. I like the form factor of the 48. The 48, I think, feels yeah, really nice to me. I think the balance feels good. Uh, I like having that little bit longer slide. I think having a little more weight out on the front, I think is it just feels better to me. Some people will actually look at that and say, no, they, they prefer more weight in the hand, and so the balance to them for the 48 feels a little bit off. But I like how the 48 felt. I like how it shot. Uh, I like that longer barrel and slide. And that's kind of a thing with me, like, for me, it doesn't take any extra effort to carry and conceal 
a longer barrel and slide, you know, like the 48 and the 43X, as far as the length, would would carry and conceal the same for me. Mm-hmm. You know, but the, but the only thing is the grip is kind of long because it's basically a Glock 19 length. Now, that works fine for me. I'm carrying a Glock 19 today. But, uh, but if you could... You know, do something like the P365 as far as like grip length and still manage to fit capacity and get a little bit more barrel and slide length, then I think you got a winner. So anyway, um, I kind of got, you know, I don't know, you, 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 you should throw out your thoughts as well about the 48 and 43X. You got your hands on those as well. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, you know, I know when Glock came out with it, everybody's like, like, oh, great, you know, 48, 43X, like great innovation, right? But like, honestly, I wasn't in, I wasn't like beating down on the door to try it. I was like, okay, it's a Glock, it's a Glock, you know. Um, but once, because I, I've shot the Glock 19 quite a bit, right? And it, it it's probably like the standard, you know, um, concealed carry handgun that everybody thinks of. They kind of compare everything size-wise and carry-wise and capacity-wise to the Glock 19. Um, and so when, when when I got in my hand, I was like, wow, this is feels like a Glock 19, but better. And, and I don't have huge hands. It's not a mystery. Um, but like, so it's not like the Glock 19 felt huge in my hands by any means, but the, the the, the, the size of everything, like just bringing the, the thickness of that grip down just a little bit made a huge difference as far as reaching the magazine release, being able to, you know, really get a good grip and, and not have too much grip exposed, but just the right, right amount to get, you know, good hand contact. Um, I really liked how, how, how it shot. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I shot the 43 X and, you know, between a 43 and a 43 X, I'd probably go with the 43 X just because, um, uh, gives you a little bit more capacity. The the, the thing that kind of stinks is, you know, the, the magazines aren't interchangeable like other, you know, nine mil magazines throughout Glock line are all interchangeable. These are kind of, um, not so there's that, but, um, yeah, I really liked, I really liked it. And I think the it, it, people, not even people that just like Glock, I mean, people that like Glock will like the 43 and 43 X, but even if you don't like Glock and you're not a fan, fan of Glock or, or anything like that, and you go and you shoot these guns, you'll, you'll be pleasantly surprised. I think. Yeah, I agree. The one thing to me, this is the way I think of it for me. I, I, I kind of struggle wrap my head around the 43X and why it exists because in my, and I know this is probably just me, but it's like 43 or 48, you know, because the 43X, it's really just a 48, you know, as far mm-hmm. as concealability, right. as far as how kind of how it operates. Yeah. Some of you will go, well, it's got a shorter barrel, so it's a little bit easier to conceal or maybe it's more comfortable. Mm. Maybe, but probably not. Like, chances are you you would not notice any difference between, you know, this much longer slide between the 43X and the 48. So it just seems kind of like an oddball, just sort of like the the odd, you know, awkward middle child of the bunch. 43 <laughs> on one end and 48 on the other, and the 43X just sort of like caught in the middle. But uh, yeah. anyway. All righty. So, hey, here's my first like official pick of uh, the show. Oh, by the way, my, my thoughts on the uh, just to kind of wrap, kind of close that loop was the on the uh, Type B 
It's a good gun. It's a sweet gun. Uh, you, you guys should, you know, it's a little bit on the spendy side for a striker-fired gun, but it's really cool. I like it a lot. My first thing is a new product from Next Level Training. Uh, this was actually really exciting to see. So Next Level Training, anybody that is familiar, they've been making the cert pistols for a long time. And, of course, the, the, the original cert pistol is kind of the Glock 17-ish version. Right, and I've got several. They're great. They're they're great to train with. That's what I do most of my dry fire training with uh, at home a lot of times. Although the cool fire trainer, I know I, I saw Elky talk about the cool fire trainer. Really, really cool. Uh, I do a lot with the cool fire trainer as well. And he says he's saving like a he figures he's saving a hundred dollars a month in dry fire training. And you know, kind of like as opposed to going to the range and spending the, some ammo to get some of the same benefits. He figures he's saving a hundred dollars a month on cool fire trainer. Yeah, it's really, really, really cool. But cert pistols are awesome as well. I still use a cert pistol all the time. They're very convenient to use. And they don't have to be recharged as far as like with compressed gas or air or whatever. They do occasionally have to have batteries changed, but I have my original cert pistol that has probably tens and tens of thousands of trigger presses on it. And I have not yet replaced the battery in it, which I think is remarkable. Uh, so mm-hmm. Next Level Training then came out a couple years ago with the MMP version. And then last year was a big deal. They, they came out, and you just held it up on the camera there, Matthew, the uh, pocket pistol version, mm-hmm. the PP model. And it's pretty cool. Fits a fits an, an, another little niche that I think is valuable to do. And then this year, they just totally blew me away because I, sh- I show up there. They, they said, hey, come by. We got something really exciting. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get by there. Oh, my goodness. So, <laughs> so for a number of years now, they've also had this thing called the AR Bolt. And I've got one, and I've used it. And when you can get it to work, it works awesome. <laughs> but you're, it replaces the bolt carrier group in your standard AR-15. It's this red plastic thing that kind of looks like a bolt carrier. You slide it in, and you got to put this little thing on something inside the trigger group <laughs> of your AR. It's not always easy to understand exactly what you got to do to get it to work. And then you close your AR, and, and you hope it works. Um, and most of the time, I can get it to work just fine. But I've had a lot, I've talked to a lot of people that have struggled to get the AR bolt to work. Well, they have decided to completely redo the AR bolt type product. And not only that, but add cycling and resetting trigger and like actual working trigger and get a little bit of a recoil impulse even. So what that is, is they have come out with a new AR bolt. I don't know what they actually are officially calling it, Matthew. I don't know if it's going to be AR bolt, you know, version two, or if it's like some other, you know, totally new name, but this is a really cool. Let me try to describe this to you. So you pull out the bolt carrier group in your AR you slide this new bolt thing inside, and it, it it's got all kinds of like electronic gizmo stuff on it. You know, you, like you can see that there's there's something really smart happening here with this bolt. You put that in the AR15 upper. You don't have to do anything with the trigger. In fact, it works with any trigger that you're going to put in the, you know, that's going to be in your gun. Okay, you just use your standard trigger, and you're going to get actual true trigger pulls on your AR-15. Then there, you have a magazine that comes with this kit and it actually holds a couple of rechargeable batteries, 18650 batteries. And you actually, it goes in the magwell 
And at the top of this magazine are a couple of electrical connection points, and that makes contact with the bolt that's inside your upper. So the magazine battery pack provides the power for this thing to all run. And then what happens is you press the trigger, the hammer releases, and it signals a servo, you know, a motor inside that bolt to then cycle and it it jumps back and knocks your hammer back, resets the trigger, and then goes back forward again. All electronic. This is a dry fire tool. I saw this and I went, holy smokes, this is cool. That's probably right there close to the top of my list of favorite things I saw at SHOT Show 2019. Uh, Now, rumor has it that that may not be ready till fall of this year. I will be praying (laughs) that they stay on schedule for that or even get it done sooner because I'll tell you, as soon as that thing is released, I will have that in my hands for dry fire training with my AR. It is legit and it is freaking cool. So yeah, folks, uh, you got to check out Next Level Trainings. I don't even know if it's up anywhere on the website yet, but just know that this new AR bolt device that they have works with your AR-15. You don't have to buy, you just buy the kit. You don't have to buy anything else. And it's awesome for dry fire practice. Yeah, really cool. Um, and they're always, I mean, next level training, the cert pistols and everything that are, they're constantly coming out with, um, products that are, that are thoughtful in what, what they do. So obviously the benefit of a, of a laser training handgun is, you know, or, or AR-15 is, you know, obvious, but, um, what they also came out with, they came out with a P320 version, um, of the cert pistol. And they also have now. Um, you can take off these rear sight and put on, um, the hood. So it looks like you have an optic on there. Obviously it's not an optic, but, um, it gets you the idea of picking up, you know, changing your natural point of aim a little bit, um, or picking up your natural point of aim a little bit differently through an optic than through your, your iron sight. So, I mean, it's the little things like that, that really, because the, the argument against laser training guns and, and things like that is always, old. well, it's not my actual gun. It's not, you know, I have to do this or that. So it's, it's not, I'm creating training scars or whatnot, but the closer we can get to using our actual gear in, in a safe way, is better and obviously you know for obvious purposes so like that ar uh, bolt if you can use your own trigger and you feel that trigger pull that's that's awesome right i mean like you're you're using your own gear um rather than some dummy gun with a different trigger pull and all kinds of stuff so um yeah next level training is awesome they constantly coming out with good stuff and and it's not just a laser gun (laughs) It, it they're actually really really good as far as how you can adjust the uh, windage and elevation of the laser. Make sure everything's dialed in, so you're you're actually getting good reps when you're doing yep. using them for uh, dry fire. Kevin says my wife would freak out if I pr- practice dry firing with my AR-15 in the house. Oh well, <laughs> 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 my wife's already been there, done that sort of thing. You know, uh, yeah. So Sean, uh, actually, folks. We'll, in the sh- in today's show notes, uh, for any of the products that we talk about, that I, and I think for everything we talk about, I, I believe we have video for, um, we will put those in the show notes. Links to our YouTube videos where you can see all of this in action. So Sean just asked, would love to see the AR Bolt in action. And yeah, so it's on our YouTube channel already. You can see that and see how it works. It's really cool. 
All righty. So uh, what's next, Matthew? What's your next uh, favorite product from shop? Okay. So my next favorite product, um, which probably is going to irritate some people because it doesn't look cool, <laughs> but um, it's a red dot site from Aimpoint. It's the Acro mm-hmm. P1. Um, it's a So obviously there are a lot of benefits um, that, that come along with red dot optics. So you, you see them on a lot of rifles, a lot of competition guns. And I think you and I, Riley, were talking earlier, uh, maybe last week about like, if you think back five, eight years ago, and you saw somebody with a red dot optic on their gun, you would assume that it, it, it's a gun for competition. You, nobody really cared red, carried red dot optics for self-defense because they were bulky, they were cumbersome and all kinds of stuff. They weren't reliable it, 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 to the point where you could carry it as a, 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 on a defensive handgun that you, you know, relied on. Um, but that's all changed. I mean, more and more you see everyday carry guns um, using uh, optics. And not only that, but manufacturers are building you know, um, plates on the back. So you, they're already fitted for an optic. So you can just take off that plate and you don't have to mill it or do anything. So it's obviously the, the, the future of defensive handgun sites, I believe, um, it, it are red dot optics. Um, I really, I, I truly believe that. Um, and, and I think in 10 years, we're probably not going to see many iron sight only defensive handgun shooters. I mean, guns, um, there's still going to be some I don't even dumb, think it'll but, be that you know, long. I now, yeah, I, I do think there'll still be plenty of people probably still using irons, but I don't think it'll be that long before we see a real big flood uh, you know, in the industry of that practice of, you know, using a red dot um on your handgun, especially on a self-defense one. Now, a couple of years I think yeah. it was 2 years ago, I think it was 2 years ago. Jacob and I got back from Shot Show and I told him I said, "I have a prediction." I should have like wrote an article about this would probably like be all you know at the time people would be like whoa really like and now they'd be like seeing it's coming to true but i said i said two years ago i said uh in in five years or less we're gonna see everything going to red dot uh, like where and what i meant by that is like every manufacturer and every gun will have the capability of adding a red dot to the gun Pretty much, you know, and you know what? Yeah. The crazy thing is, in two years, we pretty much are already seeing that. So every major manufacturer of handguns pretty much has or is releasing guns with the option, you know, with slide cuts. Uh, you know, they they they'll sell them at the fa- you know from the factory with a with a cover plate, but they've got a cut already. Uh, you know, HK is doing it now. You know, X Springfield's been doing it for years. Glock, you know, got on board uh, almost two years ago, I think it was. Uh, let's see, Glock, Sig has been definitely leading on that front for for a good while now as well. Uh, Ruger, actually, I you know Ruger's one I I'm trying to think. Hmm, I feel like they they've done that with their American pistol though, uh, but I could be wrong. So I mean, like the point is though. Like every Smith and Wesson, of course, all these major manufacturers just in a couple of years have gone from not offering anything from factory that could take an a red dot on you know an RDS is sometimes the term that's used. RMR is thrown around a lot too, but RMR is actually the product name of you know of the Trigicon uh, RMR. Uh, but uh, but yeah, like they're all doing it now, you know, for making slide yeah. cuts for these RDSs, which is really cool. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the Acro, though. 
No, yeah. The, the reason why I thought that the acro was pretty cool is it looks it, it it's not cool looking. It's it's basically if you've seen a red dot optic, um, normally you know it's flat, and then in the front it has like a hood where it, it, it holds the glass where it's the the red dot is actually projected. This is completely encased, so it's it's a box. Yep. So um, basically, you know, some of the some of the drawbacks to red dot optics are, you know, glare and and uh, elements like if it's raining or it gets foggy or you know um, things like that. Right? It, it affects the way that you can see um, through that glass. Um, this is enclosed, so it's similar, more similar to like rifle red dot sights that are enclosed. Right. And, and so they're just a little bit more durable. There's, you know, there's that. Um, but this, I mean, it's not pretty. It doesn't look pretty. But when I got it up there, the, the, the glass is a little bit smaller than probably like maybe the, the Trigicon RMR. I think I didn't put it side by side, but just by looking at it, the, the, the glass that you're looking through is a little bit smaller. But what I like is that the way when you brought it up, you know exactly where that dot is. There's not like sometimes if you first start shooting a red dot optic, you bring it up and you can't find the red dot and you're kind of searching this. It just seemed like, you know, you brought it up and because it's all enclosed and it's like kind of like a tube, you know where it is inside that tube. So I thought it was, it was pretty intuitive and pretty interesting the way they, they did it. And I'm sure other companies are going to come up with, you know, prettier, you know, fully enclosed red dot optics for guns, for handguns. But, uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. Got you know, I posted a couple of little pictures of it, and people were like, "Oh, dude, you put like a a mailbox on your gun. That thing's ugly." You know, <laughs> and it's like, "All right, well, yeah, but if it works, it works." So, I, I definitely think you know, aesthetically, it's different. Like, it takes a minute to kind of like, "Whoa, hey," you know, like there's this big kind of brick on the top of my uh, my handgun. <laughs> uh, but I'm warming up to it very quickly because there are some distinct advantages to a product like the Aimpoint Acro. Uh, now that thing is not cheap. All right. I want you all to know, uh, I, I would really like to get one, but I'm like struggling with the idea of slapping down some serious dough for it. But, uh, yeah, it, here's, here's the, one of the biggest advantages I see to, to that product. Uh, actually there'd be two, two really big ones. I think number one is you no longer have a emitter. Well, you have an emitter, but it's inside. You no longer have like an open emitter on the red dot. What that means is these red dots use an L, a little LED light that shines from behind, hits the glass, and reflects back to your eye, right? That is on the common, you know, current, currently accepted, you know, RDS sites. Uh, th- that is, it, they are an open design. So the challenge there is is twofold. One, if you got water in particular, if it was raining, I've not really seen water on the actual reflector glass cause too much of an issue. It can if it gets really heavy, but I've I've shot with RDSs uh, in the rain and uh, been able to perform pretty well with them. But what can happen sometimes is getting like a drop of water just in the wrong place and it actually lands on that emitter and totally screws everything up, All right? The second thing is, is you get dust and stuff on the inside side of the reflector glass, and 
that it's just challenging to clean sometimes. And so I always feel like my red dots, mm-hmm. like I, I, they're like fuzzy, you know, because I have like little fuzzes and stuff all over them because they're hard to get in there and really clean adequately. Uh, so the acro is all enclosed. So you can't screw up the emitter and you only have two surfaces, front and back, that are easily reached that, that you know, that, that's all you got to do to clean. They're really easy to clean. Uh, a couple other advantages. Or so here's the second and I think bigger advantage. I think it's easier and more intuitive for newer red dot shooters to use because it's it's more like the red dots they're used to using on their rifles and things. And one of the big challenges with pistol red dot shooters is they will have, it takes them a while to learn to get used to how to find that dot consistently in the optic. You know, they, they draw out the gun, they present to target, and it's very easy to lose that dot. You have a, you have a relatively small amount of deviation that is allowed before that dot just goes outside the glass. On that acro, you actually have like a tube. And so it's actually very easy and intuitive to, as you present the target, to actually sort of already begin lining up that tube to where you can kind of see that the outer part of the tube, the, the you know, the front facing lens is kind of centered in the rear lens. You can see that and very intuitively you sort of pick up on that. And so it's very easy. And by the way, if you ever lose the dot, it's very easy just to, oh, I can see that the tube is a little bit out of alignment and you just straighten it out and you can pick up the dot very, very quick and very easy. So while the acro looks kind of bulky and blocky, it's actually in practice and in use, it works really, really, really well. I enjoyed shooting with Mm -hmm. it. It was very intuitive and easy to use. So I highly recommend the acro. Very, very, very good optic, I think. And it looks like it's just built solid. (laughs) It's a tank. Right. All right. So very, very excited about the acro. All right. um, Let's see. Next up. So you covered the acro. I'm going to talk about the, and and we're getting kind of, (laughs) hey, put your phone on mute. (laughs) You think you're, you you think this is your first time doing the podcast or something? Um, I'm starting to nod off. (laughs) Woke me up. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Sig Sauer X Compact. It is basically, so when I first heard of the X Compact, I, I was not clued into the subtle, differences and nuances of of it uh you know comparing it to the x carry for instance or the well that would be the closest comparison right so like the way i thought of the x compact was oh they took the x carry and they shortened the grip to make it you know kind of like a p320 compact but with the x series frame now gray guns was already making their their own version of an X compact, you know, last year they started, they, they started chopping X series frames and selling these compact models. Really cool. Cool idea. SIG should have been doing it. Well, SIG obviously went, yeah, we should be doing that. So they came up with the X compact. And I thought, like I said, it was just a chopped X, X carry, but it's not, it's actually a completely new frame. And so it is slimmed up a little bit, the contouring and the size of the actual, the circumference of the frame, the roundedness of the bottom, you know, kind of the part, the bottom part of the grip where it's more likely to print. All of that's been contoured very subtly, but also very correctly to make it more conducive to concealed carry. They also made another little slight, slight tweak, which was a a bit of a personal complaint of mine. On the X-Series frames, 
the beaver tail area is actually, it can be for some hands rather wide where you want your thumb to wrap around. It just feels like sometimes that, that you have a lot of space here. It is a rather, it's like 1.6 in, or not quite that wide. It's like one and a half inches. It's pretty wide. So they actually did what I've already done in my competition gun, which is to, I took a Dremel to it and sort of like trimmed down where my thumb comes around the, the left side of the beaver tail. And I've just sort of, it's hard to explain if you guys aren't familiar with the X-Series frame, but I basically had done now what they are doing with the X-Compact frame. Uh, I think there was just some, some a few little minor tweaks. They went, you know what, we, we should have maybe done a few of these things. A little, we should have done some of these a little bit differently. And they made some of those tweaks, and I think they were very, very nicely done. The X-Compact itself feels really awesome in the hand. Uh, everyone walked away from the show agreeing that the best pistol they felt in the hand at the show um, I don't know if you agreed, but I know Jacob and myself and several others of our team were like, the X-Compact felt awesome in the hand. So the X-Compact yeah, was one of my big, big-time favorites from the show. Yeah, I was going to use that too, but you stole it from me. So I'll 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 second that on the X-Compact. I'm actually getting one soon um, to, to uh, T&E from SIG, so I'm just anxiously awaiting the, the confirmation that it's shipped. So we'll see. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for you to to review that and get your hands on it and spend some time with it. I'm just gonna have to go flat out buy one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, very 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 cool gun. Um, so I don't know what else you got, buddy. Anything else? Nothing. I mean, it was a, a good week. Um, sad to see that um, Hudson didn't have a booth, but you know, um, things happen, I guess, and the the, the environment's kind of. Sh- rough right now for some businesses so they didn't have their booth uh, h9 if you guys know hudson makes it h9 and they were supposed to have a booth but they didn't but hopefully they'll be back next year we'll see yeah yeah we'll see what happens so if folks aren't clued in on this uh hudson manufacturing the company that uh, two years ago made a big splash with their new hudson h9 handgun all new from ground up design very very cleverly designed handgun very cool handgun i was very enthused about it from the beginning really quite fond of it. Um, they have had some some problems as far as some manufacturing challenges, some, qual- you know, I, I don't know, if, I guess quality control. I mean, I think they're trying their best to be good quality. But when you're making a gun from scratch like they are, and you've got all, all these different suppliers, you know, supplying different parts, you're relying on some of those other suppliers for things, they all need to work. They all need to be compatible. You know, there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot go, that goes into building a new gun, especially from scratch. And uh, I think what happened with Hudson is they did have quite a few, um, you know, warranty returns and some, like I was seeing some reports from some people that they've had, they were having to send guns back, you know, four times, five times, you know, with some various issues and Hudson was being good about fixing them. Uh, but, uh, I think that's probably drained a lot of Hudson's cash resources. A company like SIG or Glock or Smith and Wesson can, can eat that a lot more readily. They're, they're huge companies with very, very deep pockets, uh, especially compared to, uh, a small, I mean, this was a small startup company, Hudson Manufacturing. So the story goes that, that they are basically, they are filing for bankruptcy. Uh, there's a lawsuit going on with one of their suppliers, and uh, they did they did not have a presence at the show, uh, likely due to the fact they 
didn't have money to be at the show. We don't know what the future holds for Hudson. So uh, Asai and Lauren Hudson over there, uh, friends of ours, uh, were on the podcast at one time, uh, good people. And uh, yeah, so we will hope to see them, you know, kind of resurrect from the ashes, so to speak, and hopefully see them at a future show. Well, uh, there's many other really cool products that we could talk about, uh, but those are some of our favorites that we saw at SHOT Show 2019, and so I hope that you all uh, got something from that, and there's some things that you probably now are going, hmm, I got to go check that out. (laughs) So yeah, it was a great show, and uh, I was glad you could be there with me, Matthew. Yeah, for sure. It's always cool to hang out and see you guys and stuff, since I don't get to see you guys in person all the time. We have our meetings, but I I don't get to see you guys in person since I'm out in Ohio and you guys are in Denver, but yeah, Colorado. For sure. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. So with that, uh, one more time, uh, this episode brought to you by guardian nation and specifically want want to point out our guardian nation members only Facebook group. We hope that you can be a part of that by joining guardian nation, or if you are already a member, you need to go and, and make sure you ask, uh, to, to join the group. Um, also the discount off of honor defenses, honor guard pistol, $299, a heck of a deal on that gun from honor defense available as a discount available to guardian nation members and also 5% discount off of already excellent priced ammo at ammo supply warehouse, ammo supply warehouse.com. We appreciate, appreciate the support that ammo supply warehouse gives us here at the Concealed Carry Podcast and ConcealedCarry.com. So we would appreciate you giving a little love and uh, appreciation as well to uh, those different companies or, or op- uh, opportunities that are available, especially to our members. And uh, so if, if you're interested in joining Guardian Nation, you should do it. Go to GuardianNation.com to learn more and look into it. So uh, with that, we are going to wrap up the podcast here today. Thanks for being here with me, Matthew. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me, man. And so with that, a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.